In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would all the kids up through the 12th grade please come forward. Zach, stay there for just a second. Good morning, everyone. So did you hear all that music he's playing? Yeah. You think he's just pushing one key? No. Just like a white key or a black key? One? How many keys do you think he's playing? Multiple. Multiple? Multiple? That's a good word. Multiple. Hey, Zach, play a middle C, will you? Okay, that's me. I mean, like I'm like a middle C. Play a C scale. Oh, that's all of us right here. All of us right here together. Um, it's one scale, but it's all the way up from C, middle C to the next C, all the way back down. The gospel says Jesus knows us by name. Now, Zach knows where a middle C is. And he knows where the D and the E and the F and the G and the H and the J and K, L, M, N, O, P? No. No. Oh, that's right. It goes back to, yeah, that's right. It does, doesn't it? So, so, so he knows all the notes to play. I mean, if he just played middle C, that would be kind of boring, right? And if God just paid attention to one person like me, middle C, right? That would be kind of boring too. He brings us all together to make beautiful music to make his church a holy people, a chosen nation. But not just us here today. He didn't just bring us here together as the church. He's bringing the church down the street and the church down that street and the church down that street and the church over in China and the church over in Taiwan and the church over in Australia. And he's bringing the whole church together and he knows each one by name. Each church and every single person. Every single person God knows by name. Just like Zach has one, two, three keyboards, and then the pedals. Four keyboards and then the pedal. He's doing all these things together. And that's kind of what God, I'm not saying he's God. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but he does all these things all at the same time. And he, because he knows all those keys and he knows what name they are and he knows what octave they are and he knows that the bass pedals down here are going to go with this note up here. That's who God is. God knows everybody in the world and especially he blesses those who are in his church who believe in him. Not just St. Timothy's, but he does indeed bless St. Timothy's because we are the body of Christ but the church throughout the whole world, Baptists and Presbyterians and Catholics and Anglicans and Methodists and non-denominational, all these churches, we are one body. And God knows each and every one of us by name. So each church is like a body part? Each church could be like a body part. That's right. St. Timothy's is the... Uh, 
the heart. <laughs> or it could be a finger. I'm not sure. We could be whatever. But we're like a body part. And we all work together throughout the world bringing people to Christ Jesus. That's why, we, that's why we're here. If that's, not why, if, that's, if that's not what we're doing, we're not doing what God wants us to do. He wants us to bring the rest of the world to him, to his kingdom. And so, so we're here worshiping, and I think we have to worship. That's primary. That's the first responsibility of a Christian, I think, is to worship God. Because if we don't worship God, we're not nourished, we're not nurtured, we're not fed. And then we go back out into the world and we do what God wants us to do. And he's watching each and every one of us because he knows us by name. He knows if we're doing what he wants us to do and he knows if we're not doing what he wants us to do. So pay attention to what you're called to do as a Christian. Pay attention to what you are called to do as a Christian because God is not only watching, but he's giving you what you need to do what he wants you to do. Okay? And listen, remember I've said before, listen for him calling your name because he will. Okay. Thank you. You can go get a packet from Mr. Music for those who want to. Thank you for coming up, everyone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Welcome to everyone on this uh, fourth Sunday in Easter, especially if you're new, uh, we really welcome you here. Unbeknownst to me in the United States, most of our ranchers are self-contained. By that I mean that the rancher has his own fields for crops or grazing and his own facilities to care for his livestock. That is not the case in most of the rest of the world, not just in the ancient world of Jesus, but even in the modern world. In much of the world, the animals belonging to various families are kept together in a large pen. This is particularly true regarding sheep. Now, sheep all look pretty much alike, well, perhaps except to each other. So if there are 200 sheep in a pen, how is the shepherd able to pick out his 50 sheep? Well, amazingly, it's the sheep who do the work. The shepherd just stands at the entrance of the pen and calls to his sheep, or perhaps he just sings to them like David. His sheep know his voice and follow him out. If he is going through the hills and comes across another shepherd with his sheep going in the opposite direction, the sheep will mingle together. Each shepherd will just keep singing or calling, and their own sheep will follow their master's voice. Well, Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. His sheep know his voice. We are his sheep. We know his voice. We know if something we hear is coming from him or from another source. We know this in many ways. First, we can tell if he is calling to us to do something or not do something through our conscience. We know right from wrong. We don't have to be moral theologians to know, for example, that people say hurtful things are not only mean, but sometimes evil. 
A conscience committed to doing the right thing is itself the voice of the Good Shepherd. Sure, other voices try to draw us away from that which is right, but we listen to the voice we need to follow. What is imposed upon us from the outside is not guilt. What is imposed upon us is the immorality of a society that calls us to follow it instead of following the voice of God. Our conscience also speaks to us by continually asking us, how well am I living my Christianity? The Christian lives his or her Christianity through daily life, in the home, at the workplace, in the world. Many of the young and not so young make time for volunteer to help the homebound, unwed mothers, the poor, the homeless. You are acting on the voice you hear within you saying, I have to do something to help out. I am only doing what a Christian must do to be a Christian. Sometimes we must perk up our ears to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. There are so many other distractions in life that we must listen closely to hear his voice. That is why we need to make time in our lives for daily prayer. Those prayers we say at night or in the morning every day give us the opportunity to hear his voice and to follow the shepherd. There are times that we need help discerning the voice of the Lord. Life is complicated. We often must ask ourselves, is this coming from the Lord or from another source, like my pride or ambition? Jesus gave us a guide to answer this question. He said, check the fruit. He said, by their fruit, you will, be no you will know them. What are the long-range results of an action or inaction? Are they good or are they bad? We can still be confused sometimes. We need to meet with people who may have insight into the best direction we should take in some given situation or other. So we go to a priest or a deacon or a spiritual director or a mature Christian friend. In the other part of the gospel, Jesus adds that not only is he the good shepherd, but he is also the sheep gate. He is our protection against thieves and marauders who would steal and destroy our souls. The New Testament proclaims that all who stay united to Christ will live forever. It makes no difference what other people attempt to do to us, no matter how they attack us. They cannot destroy that life that he has given us. Nothing can destroy this life. The sheep gate protects us from eternal death. Yes, we may even suffer from a terminal illness that is attacking our body, but nothing can take Jesus from us. We don't fight alone. We fight with the Lord who protects us from the terrors of this life. Today's Gospels forces us to ask ourselves, whose voice is it that I am following? Is it the voice of the immoral elements of our society? Or is it the voice of, or is it the voice of the popular but self-absorbed? Or do I follow the voice of the Lord? The psalm we read today tells us, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A verdant pastures he gives me repose. 
Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths by his namesake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. With your rod and your staff, they give me courage. Psalm 23 is not talking only of the hereafter, which we use at funerals all the time, but of the here and now. Jesus, in the gospel today, tells us that he came precisely so that we may live in peace and happiness as described in Psalm 23. The gospel is not just a doctrine. It is a personal promise of Jesus to us. Jesus knows us personally and loves us personally. To know in the Gospel of John does not simply mean an act of understanding, but an act of faithfulness to the person known. Jesus therefore carries each one of us in his heart. We too must know him in this way. To know Jesus not only involves an act of faith, but also acts of charity and love. St. Gregory the Great, commenting on this text, tells us, ask yourselves whether you belong to his flock, whether you know him. I assure you that it is not by faith that you will come to know him, but by love. And love is shown through deeds. Jesus is also the gate, the only gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And a little further on, we read in John, No one comes to the Father except through me. Today, a misunderstood ecumenism makes some think that Jesus is one of many saviors or prophets. Jesus, Buddha, Joseph Smith, Confucius, Mohammed, and many others. Whoever is saved will be saved by Jesus Christ, even if he does not know it is this in his life. Whoever strives to do good, whether he knows it or not, goes through Jesus. We, by the gift of faith, do know it. Let us be grateful for it. Let us strive to go through this gate, which although narrow, he opens wide for us. And let us bear witness that all our hope is placed in him. I would like to take a slight deviation now Uh, I would like to share with you a legend of our seraphic father, St. Francis. It also deals with sheep. In the early morning hour before awakening on Saturday, I dreamt of encountering a wolf on my way home in the dark, and instead of being afraid, I stretched out my hand and I caressed him and said over and over, good boy, like I do to my dog. He then escorted me home in the darkness, and I had no fear and felt total peace. Well, when I awoke, I knew I had to share the legend of St. Francis and the Wolf of Gubbio. Thank you for indulging me. Well, during the period around 1220, when Francis was living in Gubbio, a fierce wolf appeared in the country and began attacking sheep and other animals. Soon, he graduated to direct assaults on humans, and not long after began to dine upon them exclusively. All the people were in great alarm and used to go about armed as if going to battle. Notwithstanding these precautions, if any of the inhabitants ever met him alone, 
he was sure to be devoured. As all defense was useless and through fear of the wolf, they dared not go beyond the city walls. St. Francis, feeling great compassion for the people of Gubbio, resolved to go and meet the wolf, through all, though all advised him not to do so. Making the sign of the cross and putting all his confidence in God, he went forth from the city, taking his brethren with him, but these fearing to go any further. St. Francis bent his steps alone towards the spot where the wolf was known to be, while many people followed at a distance and witnessed the miracle. The wolf, seeing all this multitude, ran toward St. Francis with his jaws wide open. And he approached the saint, making the sign, as he approached the saint, making the sign of the cross, cried out, Come hither, brother wolf, I command thee in the name of Christ, neither to harm me nor anybody else. Marvelous to tell, no sooner had St. Francis made the sign of the cross than the terrible wolf, closing his jaws, stopped running and coming up to St. Francis, lay down at his feet as meekly as a lamb. And the saint thus addressed him, Brother Wolf, thou hast done much evil in this land, destroying and killing the creatures of God without his permission. Yea, not animals only hast thou destroyed, but thou hast even dared to devour men, made after the image of God, for which thing thou art worthy of being hanged like a robber and a marauder. All men cry out against thee. The dogs pursue thee, and all the inhabitants of this city are thy enemies. But I will make peace between them and thee. O brother wolf, if so, do not more offend them, and they shall forgive thee all thy past offenses, and neither men nor dogs shall pursue thee any more. Having listened to these words, the wolf bowed his head, and by the movements of his body, his tail, and his eyes, made signs that he agreed to what St. Francis said. On this, St. Francis added, As thou art willing to make this peace, I promise thee that thou shalt be fed every day by the inhabitants of this land, so long as thou shalt live among them. Thou shalt no longer suffer hunger, as it is hunger which has made thee so evil. But if I obtain all these for thee, thou must promise on thy side never again to attack any animal or human being. Dost thou make this promise? Then the wolf, bowing his head, made a sign that he consented. St. Francis, putting out his hand, he received the pledge of the wolf. For The wolf lifted his paw and placed it in the hand of St. Francis giving him thereby the only pledge which was in his power. Then said Francis, addressing him again, Brother Wolf, I, came, I command thee in the name of Christ to follow me immediately without hesitation and doubting that we may go together to ratify this peace which we have concluded in the name of God. And the wolf, obeying him, walked by the side as meekly as a lamb to the great astonishment of all the people. Now the news of this most wonderful miracle spread quickly throughout the town. All the inhabitants, both men and women, small and great, young and old, flocked to the marketplace to see St. Francis and the wolf. All of the people being assembled, the saint got up to preach, saying, 
amongst other things, how for our sins God permits such calamities, and how much greater and much more dangerous are the flames of hell, which last forever, than the rage of a wolf, which can kill the body only, and how much we ought to dread the jaws of hell if the jaws of, sm of a small animal, as a wolf, can make a whole city tremble through fear. Then all the people promise with one voice to feed the wolf to the end of his days. And St. Francis addressing the latter said again, and thou, brother wolf, dost thou promise to keep the compact and never again offend their man or beast or any other creature? And the wolf knelt down, bowing his head by the motions of his tail and his ears, endeavored to show that he was willing so far as he was in the power to hold the compact. Well, now this event caused great joy in the people and great devotion towards St. Francis, both because of the novelty of the miracle and because of the peace which had been concluded with the wolf. And they lifted up their voices to heaven, praising and blessing God who had sent Saint, them St. Francis through those through whose merits they had been delivered from such a savage beast. Well, the wolf lived two more years in Gubbio. He went from door to door without harming anyone, and all the people received him courteously, feeding him with great pleasure, and no dog barked at him as he went about. At last, after two years, he died of old age, and the people of Gubbio mourned his loss greatly, for when they saw him going about so gently amongst them, he reminded them of the virtue of sanctity of St. Francis. According to tradition, Gubbio gave the wolf an honorable burial and later built a church of St. Francis of the Peace at that site. During the renovation in 1872, the skeleton of a large wolf, apparently several centuries old, was found under a slab near the church wall and reburied inside. Legend holds that the church was built on the spot where Francis met the wolf. This legend is an echo of the peaceable kingdom, of the messianic era of peace foreseen by the prophet Isaiah in his famous passage. Then the wolf shall be a guest of the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion shall browse together with a little child to guide them. Amen. <laughs>